Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Metal Mike, and in this episode of the 80s Glam Metal Cast, we check in with Tamey Down from Faster Pussycat. He tells us about the new music coming soon from Faster Pussycat, and we look back on all those classic albums like the 1987 debut and Wake Me When It's Over. Check it out. Well, Tamey, welcome to the 80s Glam Metal Cast. How you doing? I'm down hanging in there. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good, doing good. Um, what have you been? Uh, what have you been doing with yourself with all this uh, downtime? This COVID downtime. Been working on new shit, just getting stuff going and going through old shit. Just a little bit of, little bit of this and a little bit of that. Been a whole time of, yeah, just sitting around. We haven't been doing any shows for so we've been right when we were we were supposed to go to the UK and do some shows, and then uh, we we're going to go into the studio right after to cut dr- drums. So then that happened, then it got canceled, so we just went in, and that was right when everything got shut down. That was that Friday the 13th, March 13th. So that's when, that's when we went to see you. So basically, you you guys were getting ready to record a new album. Well, not really a record. We just wanted to do, wanted to do like three new songs and then a couple covers. Just That was going to be the first batch, and so it was just like, whatever. We wanted to do that, and then like Chad got COVID. So it's like really, uh, yeah. So we all, but he's fine. But it was like that that thing. So then it was like every all of a sudden everybody was just everything was just weird. Everything got shut down. So it was like, okay, what are we gonna do here? And then we just started going through some of the tracks that we were doing, and basically, basically, that's it. Just re- doing the guitars and stuff. We did the live drums over at Matt Sorum's uh, studio turned out cool and then we just actually just gilby just mixed the the first one uh the other day so got the first mix done of one of the tracks and it turned out really cool so and now what i've been doing also is i had to get a cassette deck because my cassette deck apparently died (laughs) as all the all the innards it was like pristine kept in the closet like wrapped up i went and pushed the play button and it was like and just stopped and then fucking uh, that was dead so I was total hunt for a cassette deck not one person I know I got this stack these cases of cassettes from back in the old days from just from my uh, first record and just work tapes and rehearsal tapes and boombox so I was trying to go through this stuff but I didn't have anywhere to play anything <laughs> and nobody, nobody I know owns a cassette deck except Gilby, but he went to Sturgis. <laughs> so I was like, he's out spreading COVID, and I'm fucking, and I, I can't find a cassette deck to save my life. So, but I got a killer brand new Tascam cassette rack mount cassette deck. So that's what I've been doing for the last few days, too, is going through these. Like early tapes, like I got a tape that says our first rehearsal. Mm-hmm. It's just so so awful. It's terrible. <laughs> it's just like, 
Horrible. Like, what is your plans? What do you want to do with all this stuff? Maybe kind of put it out or something or? Well, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to do something. We're going to, what I want to do is I want to do like singles. I want to put a, put a song out, then do a, uh, put out like a seven inch single vinyl, mm-hmm. have some art and a B side. That's what all this old shit I'm going through. It, we're going to put something, something weird on the B side. Like I found like, there's like an old version of Little Dove that's pre, pre wake me. And there's like a hot legs version. There's a, there's Poison Ivy in the early version of that. I mean, I haven't even started. I've just gotten through the last couple of days with just oodles of stuff. But in the meantime, while we're getting the songs ready, I got to find somebody to master it and then manufacture, get get some artwork done, do like little seven-inch singles. And then once that comes out, we'll do another one and another one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just do a little, keep going as we're going. We got nowhere to go. We're just kind of sitting around picking our asses. So it's like, until shit opens up and you know but one of the songs is almost done i'm just trying to find a b-side for it and then final's different it's not like it's not like uh i can just okay i got it ready let's get it out we'll put it up next next week you know it's like 12 weeks turnaround for those for vinyl pressings and stuff so like i just said we do it instantly i was like no it takes like 12 weeks just to get it manufactured so like, even as an old motherfucker you still learn something new every day <laughs> <laughs> well hey man since you're you've been reflecting on the past a little bit what do you think when you go back and you listen to your debut album what, what are some of the thoughts and memories it's just weird i just just before i talk to you i'm going through a old work old tape that's in that just said td on it and it's like basically different versions of un, like from the first record it's mm-hmm. like just like work tapes come taken home from the studio that like Babylon that wasn't even like didn't have wasn't finished it wasn't done yet it was missing one of the guitars kind of I know it was missing like the pussycat and some of the other stuff it was just raw you know what I mean it wasn't mixed it was it's I'm just like God it's weird just shit like that yeah it's weird it just brings me back I was like God weird as kids yeah I was like 22 you know it's just weird. Yeah, it's weird. And I thought of just for the last few days, I've been going through this stuff. So it's been like really kind of weird. I, it was just Greg's birthday the other day, and like all my reminders on my phone were off, and I just thought it was already September. I'm like, shit. And it was like his birthday was the other day, so I wished him a happy birthday. Just, I called Brent just to touch base. I haven't really talked to anybody, you know, anybody since all this stuff happened, mm-hmm. you know, since the COVID and all that, all this crap, everything got shut down. So. And then I was like, send, I trying to find a, trying to find a number for our old producer John that did wake me and whipped. I, was like, I don't even have his number. I'm just like, I kind of hunted him down. I sent him an email. I think <laughs> I hope it's him. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. But I just, yeah, it's just kind of reflecting. It's kind of cool. Like, sure, it's a long time ago, but it's like listening to some, listening to some of this stuff is really kind of. Bringing me back a little bit. It's fun. The new song's really cool. It's called Nola. It's, it's basically, we, I started that song right when we finished, uh, well, we were right in the middle of doing Power of the Glory Hole. So it was like right when we started writing that. And that was like back in 05. So mm-hmm. by the time that came out in 08, 07, you know, this, that just didn't make the cut. And I was going through stuff when I changed up my rig last year, to picking some songs. And that was a kind of a cool groove. We never... It was like a starting point, and just kind of 
went with it, and it turned out really cool. So one thing, you know, I was I was going back and revisiting the debut, and it, it definitely sounds more like an album a '70s band would do than an '80s band. You agree with that? Yeah, it's just like we're like we're kids. We're together. We're together ten months when we got a record deal and stuff. It had like probably maybe eight of those songs that are on the record. We had to write two on the go. Mm-hmm. We didn't have really have enough. So we just, you know, everything was so fast. It's like I moved to LA and we started rehearsing and started playing shows and then, then all of a sudden we had a, we were on Electra. You know, we didn't, we didn't even have enough songs for a record and we were already on Electra. You know, it was like, it was a weird time. That's crazy. It was a lot of fun. And we were just kids. We like, like, had no idea what to expect. Yeah, I mean, you're coming right out of the gate with some heavy hitters on that one, you know. I mean, it's don't don't change that song, Bathroom Wall, Cat House, Babylon. Like, I mean, it's like, don't, like, don't change that song. That was written right in pre-production. Was it? Because that, 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 we were originally going to do Venus by Shocking Blue, and then Bananarama came out with it right when we were in pre-production. <laughs> So we had a cut. We only had nine songs. So we're like, fucking, we, we, me and Greg wrote "Don't Change That Song" right, like in a, a day, and just like, okay, let's come up with a song in rehearsal, just like in pre-production. Wow! And then that ended up being your was, first first track on the album. So that's pretty crazy. I know. I know. It's pretty funny, huh? I remember being. I remember being in rehearsal, going, "Okay, let's come up with something." <laughs> you know, just like, yeah. I really like uh, "Ship Rolls In." That that's a cool song. That's kind of a deeper track, a deeper cut. Yeah, yeah. I've been going through stuff, and I've heard like a like a rough of that too. Like, you know, it's on one of the demos and stuff too. So, and "City Has No Heart" and it's, yeah, just weird. It's like, oh god, I forgot about that song. And like, listen to some of the rough. I'm listening to some of the work tapes that. I brought home from the studio when we were doing Wake Me, too. And I'm just like, and a lot of them don't have vocals or some of the guitar parts and stuff. And it's like, wow, you hear like the bare bones of it without all the all the stuff on top, all the leads and the, all the uh, overdubs and stuff like that, all the finishing touches, you know, all just the basic tracks and stuff. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. It kind of brings you back. Yeah, Wake Me is... Uh... Definitely seemed like a bigger production, more, more, and even some more modern tones than the the first album. You think so, or? Well, it it wasn't. It wasn't. It was like the first record. It was done so fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second second record, you know, second record was done pretty fucking quick too. But we had a little bit of time in between the first and second. Well, we spent a bunch of the time ourselves before we before John came into the picture. We kind of had that one, had the first one under our belt with Rick. Rick Bowdy, you know, he came in and helped us because we were just all, like, we were fucking kids. We didn't really know what the fuck we were doing, so we were in the studio. We had only been in the studio once before to do a little demo, and and this one was still pretty quick. We were in there 10 days, I think it was, we did a whole record. Of, you know, but we were, and people in the studio next to us, like Billy Idol and Ron Keel, and there were different studios, like, but there's, it was, like, fun. We were, like, kind of, like, in the big leagues, with these guys, you know, we we felt yeah. it was fun. It was like we were kids, but it was like, yeah, Michael Wagner's producing Ron Keel with over there, and then Billy Idol, Steve Stevens down the down the hallway over there. It was like, it was cool. It was really fun. It was like kind of some starstruck and stuff. And but then again, still just kind of a just kind of flying by the seat of our pants and just having fun. Concerned about getting like 
getting girls in the studio than than what the knobs do on the, in the control room. You know what I mean? I was like, what young boys will do. So. I mean, yeah, you guys were on Electra, and I was trying to think of who all. I mean, I know Motley Crue was on Electra. Who else was a rock act at that time on Electra? Uh, Dokken. Oh yeah, Dokken. Yep, that's right. Doc Dokken and Metallica. But there wasn't a ton. There wasn't a ton. It didn't seem to me. No, it was it was a cool label. We were like stoked. We were like mm-hmm. kind of all the labels. We were like they treated us so good. They were so so nice to us. And all the bands, Motley and Metallica. Those guys. I remember having Metallica over at my house, like because we used to, you know, me and Ricky did the Cat House, and we had big parties there. And then we had a little after shitties up at the house. I lived up in Beachwood, and I remember I remember Metallica. Hey, they came over a couple times. I remember James, James and uh, Kurt. Lars fell fell asleep on the floor. So Kurt and James like scotch taped his head and doodled on his face with a sharpie. <laughs> and James run around like a kid in a candy store. It was funny. It was great. It was fun. I always remember that. You know what I mean? I think I'm yeah. 55 and I still fucking remember that night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know House of Pain obviously was the big hit, and and I, honestly, usually I don't like the the big hits off of albums, but man, I, I listened to it last night and, and uh, again, and I haven't heard it in a while, and it's it's such an amazing song, man, a very heartfelt tune. Thanks. Yeah, it was. I took a few time few times to write that one. Me and me and Greg put that one together. That was good, and that was cool. I've been like, you know, Tom Hamilton, Joey Kramer, and shit, have telling me that they. They loved that song, so that was kind of cool. That yeah. was Aerosmith. You know what I mean? I was like, wow, that was cool. That yeah, movie was so good. Kind of reminds me, uh, like the vibe that I get when I hear of it. Hear it. Kind of reminds me of when I listen to like some of John Lennon's stuff because some of that stuff's pretty emotional. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm out. <laughs> you can't really give me a better compliment than that. That's no, right. but it's true. I mean, I feel like a, certain songs of his, like Imagine, Woman, I, I, you know, you feel something. You know, no matter what, if you might not know exactly what, where he's coming from, but you feel something. And that's how it is with House of Pain. And basically, House of Pain is a true story, You're, right? Yeah. 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 That's why I did, it, took a while, it took a few times to write it. And plus, we were at the stage where everybody had to have a ballad. We, we really didn't want one. Right. You know, because we didn't want to have to have one. But me and Greg were like, they're like the labels kind of like, see what you guys can do. You know, and we're just like, okay. So me and Greg just tried to write one that wasn't fucking hokey. Right. Yeah, and that's, know, that's that was, what you that got. Was, right. Because at the time, every, there was a lot of hokey ones out there. Right. There was, I mean, there were some good ones, but... It was just flooded with right. fucking ballads and stuff, power ballads and stuff. So he just tried to write one that was, that's why he just tried to write one that was true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because most of them, you're right, yeah. most of them are that, you know, I love you baby type stuff. And, and this was deep, man. This was raw, you know? Yeah. I read something. That, did Michael Bay direct it? Yeah. That's crazy. Can you imagine fucking that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, he was awesome, too. Yeah. He had done. He had done some Donny Osmond thing. The lecturer is like, we saw his reel of his other shit, and it looked really good. And I go, like, whatever you think. And he, we met him. He, he worked. That's when he worked for Propaganda. Okay. And uh, yeah, he was cool as shit. Then he turned to Mister Party, fucking director dude. <laughs> that's amazing. Super, superhuman. Yeah, that's... he was. He's awesome. He was. He was super cool. It was fun to work with. He treated us really good. It's funny how some of those things turn out because I, I interviewed um, 
David Reese from Bangalore Choir. I think that's how you say it. And he was telling me how, you know, Jared Leto, who played the Joker, like in Suicide Squad and all that stuff, he was he was yeah, in yeah, one of their yeah. videos, and it was like that was like his first acting gig. And it's just like amazing to see where how some of these people just, uh, you know, really uh, yeah. <laughs> propelled themselves their yeah. careers, you know? Come out, you know, come out of the shit, yeah. Crazy. A lot of touring, right, that you guys did. You opened for Kiss uh, for that album, Motley Crue, right? We toured with we toured so much stuff. We've got to tour a lot. We toured with Motorhead, Alice Cooper, David E. Rob, Motley, just a couple times, White Snake and just a bunch. GNR. Yeah. We got to play some cool fucking shows, I ain't, I ain't complaining. <laughs> Not any of that. Yeah, there were some fun times. Especially on the Motley tour, because Motley Motley they were like all sober and we were absolutely the opposite. Right. So it was like it was yeah, it was, it was fun. When you did um, "You're So Vain," which which I think that another one, I mean, it really doesn't even seem like a cover. Uh, why did you decide to do that one? Where there's other, where there other picks from old legacy Electra artists that you could you know, have done? Yeah, there was. What originally what was on the plate was uh, "Lust for Life" by Iggy. So that was okay. original. And then they're like, "Well, what if we fucking like? What if we do "You're So Vain"?" And because they picked Lust for Life first, Howard did. Or, or, and, I, and that would have been cool, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you're so vain. was like, let's try that. So we just went in the went in a rehearsal room, kind of arranged it ourselves. That We just we did that track ourselves. And then we, we just went in and produced it ourselves and, and arranged it and did it our way. That was the way. Because we had done, we had arranged most of, we had did the, pre-production most of Wake Me before John, before we even got a producer in, because we, we checked out a few different guys we were doing it, but just, we just clicked with John, but we, when we went in to do the record, we didn't change really anything. Uh-huh. John added some stuff in terms of his his, you know, knowledge of everything, you know, and it was great. His ability to get what we were doing on tape and, and just production in terms of that, hey, why don't we play this part a little bit like that? But most of all the arrangements and all the the main stuff we we did ourselves. And we kind of learned. That's what we kind of learned to do. You know, trying to find the right producer. We kind of got good in the in the studio. You know, on the rehearsal, arranging our own stuff. So when we went and did your uh, van, it was just like kind of we just let's just go in there and do it ourselves. We mm-hmm. just got it had. Uh, I think it was. I'm not sure who did. That. I think it was Ryan. I worked with us on Awake Me and stuff, and we just went in with the engineers. John lived on the East Coast, and we did it right in L.A., and it turned out killer. So mm-hmm. it was just for for that, for Electra, you know, Electra's 40th anniversary album. Damn. Now it's just part of our, now it's just part of our repertoire. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what was going on by the yeah. time you got to uh, Whipped uh, in 92? Oh, we are just same shit. We had gotten a new drummer, mm-hmm. it was Mark, you know, he was like, Fucking MIA, getting heroin sent to him. So <laughs> he was out. Uh, we had, but we had played with Bradshaw. I've been with us for a couple tours. He did one of the Kiss tours and one of the, I, think, I can't remember. He did a couple tours with us and it was great. So we just, we were already, we already knew we were going in with John. So it was like, we're whipped. We just kind of, we just kind of took our time doing it. You know what I mean? Didn't, we weren't really in that long. We just took a little timer and, I think we just got a little. John had us working on too many songs, so it's like I don't want to spend all this time working on all these songs when we're only going to pick like 
10 or 11. We were like working on 20 songs. So, and then it got, it just kind of took longer in pre-production to get, get it down. But other than that, this recording was pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. It was cool. It was fun. We had some cool people come in and do stuff. And then when were you guys done? It was 93? Was it kind of over? Pretty much. Pretty much a blur. But yeah, it all of a sudden, just like that. The bottom fell out of everything. So I got, okay, that was quick. Yeah. That, that had to be <laughs> devastating. It was like, it was like, it's just weird. It was like, okay, all right, well, okay. <laughs> That's not what it was. Yeah. Because you had a good, I mean, you figure, you know, your second album was bigger than your first. Okay, now it's your third album. I know. You know. I know. We're out touring. We're touring with bands like fucking Kiss and Ozzy. <laughs> just shit. But it was like the whole whole scene. It was the whole thing. The whole Seattle thing came in, yeah. which was like, I was cool with because they were all my friends. Right. So it's like, that's where I'm from. So. So it was like, it was kind of like, it was a little odd, but it was fucking, but it was cool. Like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, I was like, those guys are, they're my, they're my friends. So yeah. I don't think that first Alice in Chains, you know, I was actually listening to that the other night and I had to listen to it. I probably haven't listened to it in, I don't don't know, maybe five, 10 years. I haven't listened to it a long time. And it's not that far off from, from eighties metal. You know what I mean? There's a lot of elements in there. A lot of elements. You should have heard Chains' demos. Uh Uh-huh. Fucking, I, you know, like I said, I fucking go back with, I went back with Lane and Mike Star way back, you know, since yeah. we were like high school shit. And uh, I'd get their demos all the time when I, I'd go home for Christmas and stuff all the time. And But yeah, their stuff was very rock, very, very LA rock. Yep. And then the whole, whole Soundgarden and stuff. They got that, some of that sprinkling spice on them that kind of just melded them just they were amazing yeah. and it was so fucking amazing but that facelift was just fuck that was just a monster record that was so good so you mentioned a little bit about contacting the original guys from Pat Faster Pussycat so is the relationship good with the former members yeah good yeah I'm sure yeah I talk to Greg all the time I just, talk, I just talked to Muscat I called him because I was just I hadn't talked to him since the COVID stuff and I just checked, checked in on him I haven't talked to Eric in a while but he was out in Vegas too Mark I have not I don't know what I don't know what the fuck happened to that guy mm-hmm. honestly and I mean I wish I did know but I just don't I don't know anybody that does know so yeah. different rumors that uh-huh. he got hit by a cab and he's slow and <laughs> In New York, and it's like, who knows what's what? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I hope he's okay. Yeah. Is Eric some kind of like weapons guy or something now, or no? I think so. Okay. He's yeah. Kind of like a, a modern day GI Joe or something. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I hear he's always. Every time I see him, he's always been like on a rock keg or something. He's always same old Eric to me. But then yeah. I, I was like, yeah, Eric's a Milton, whatever. I'm like, really. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's, Eric's, always nice. Eric's always nice to me, so I'm like, whatever, okay. Whatever he wants to do. Oh, yeah. As long as he enjoys, as long as he enjoys doing it, that's cool. Because I think but, I yeah, saw something. I, I think get I... along with everybody. Only one I just, only one I haven't, like I said, only one I haven't talked to is Mark. But I wish him the best, too. I don't have any ill will or whatever. I never did. I was always right. more worried about him. Right. I just, I just never, just lots touch with them plus I went through my own stage of fucking debauchery where I didn't need to care less where anybody was really so. yeah 
at that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I want to say, I must have saw, like, you know, Eric's name, but but then it just said something about, uh, so, something to do with guns and weapons and stuff. I'm like, I think that's the basis from Faster Pussy Camera. Well, you know what I mean? But it just yeah, wasn't. Someone told me, like, it's all gun, gun, dude. I got a lot, a bunch of my friends that are all into weapons and stuff, like Tim Skull from Shotgun. Yeah. Shotgun Messiah. He's all into, he loves his weapons. But it's like, whatever. Eric, teach your own. Yeah, I man. I love my Harley. So it's like, <laughs> Well, hey, man, I appreciate the time. Well, what do you want to say to all your fans out there in closing? Just, uh, we're still here. We're going to come out and play as soon as we can. I'm not going to be no super spreader, but, we'll, but we do have new tunes coming out that are, that are pretty fucking cool. So, and they'll be coming out pretty soon, too. We're working hard on them. Well, hey, team, yeah, I'm sure everybody will be excited to hear that new music. Thanks again, man. Stay safe out there. No problem, buddy. Take care of yourself. Yep, take care, bro. Well, that was a great episode with Amy. Got a lot more cool episodes on the way, along with all the greatest hits of the 80s glam metal cast. Best thing to do, so you don't miss any of it, is subscribe. Rock on!